Y'all ready for God's word tonight? Say yeah. Let's bow our hearts and our heads real quick. Let's pray one last time before we get into this. Father, I thank you for your love tonight. God, I thank you for the sensitivity of your word. I thank you for the kindness that leads us to repentance. So God, right now I pray that your Holy Spirit would be so evident in this room, that your kindness, your mercy would be so evident to us in this place, that it would lead us to repentance. God, I thank you for your love. Your love is true. Your love is power. And we embrace your love tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Tonight, the, the American horror story is lust. Tonight, we're addressing the deadly sin of lust. Lust is defined as being consumed with sexual desire. Just like the other seven deadly sins, if left unchecked, lust will destroy your life. Tonight, I want you to just take the next few moments. I, I promise this could be one of the most important messages. It could change the very foundation of who you are for the rest of your life. So I promise you, if you give me your attention just for the next few moments, I promise you it's going to be worth it. See, tonight, young person, I've come to tell you that your purity is valuable. Your purity is worth fighting for. Let me say that one more time because that's something to say amen about. Your purity is valuable. It's worth fighting for. I've got a daughter. Her name's Sophia. She's five. She's beautiful. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't tell her, baby, you are the most beautiful little princess in the world. You are daddy's girl. And I swoop her up into my arms and I make her feel like a little princess. I, I cradle her like a baby and she just melts in my arms. And I'm telling you tonight, you better believe this father is protecting her purity. Everything in me has a desire to make sure that my little Sophia is a pure little daughter. And my son, he's, he's two years older than she is, and he's in the 98th percentile. He is the biggest kid in second grade. Holla. And you better believe when I put them both on the bus in the morning, I commission my son each and every day. I say, Damien, it is your job to protect your little sister. I say, Damien, it is your job. She sits next to you on the bus because y'all know ain't nothing good happens on that bus. And I tell her, little girl, I know you are a social little butterfly that knows no boundaries. You have no restriction. You love each and every person that you meet. Nobody's a stranger to you. But you stay close to your brother because it's his job to protect your purity. She's daddy's little girl, and she's my daughter. And I, if I want what's best for her, I can only imagine what her heavenly father wants for her. See, sometimes I won't always want what makes her happy if it's not what's best for her. See, lust might make you happy in the moment, but lust is not what is best for your life, real life. See, the American Horror Story is a generation of young people who think that they are in love, but all they are is in lust. That's the true American Horror Story. Just because your body is fully developed does not mean your mind and emotions are. We have so much, so many steroids pumped into the chicken that we eat. Let's just be real. Y'all are developing way too quickly. It's crazy. Y'all got grown people bodies in little people minds. 
Your your hormones may say yes, but the fact remains that God's word says an emphatic no until you're married. Because your heavenly father wants to protect you from the pain of giving in to lust and the pain that it creates for your future. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says this. It says, where there is no vision, no revelation, people cast off restraint. They run wild, another translation says. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. What in the world does that mean with our purity? Man, if you don't have a vision for your future, then you are going to run wild in your present. You've got to look not just in the here and now, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. You've got to see beyond that and see your future. And if you do that, if you heed the wisdom that you hear tonight, you'll be blessed. I've come to ask the question, do you have a vision for your future relationship with your husband or your wife? Do you imagine what it's going to be like the day you get married? Do you imagine what it's going to be like that moment where you are finally in a a permanent covenant relationship, the ring is on your finger. I want you to think about that. Because if you lose sight of the future, then your present is in danger now. If you care about your future, it will change the way you make decisions today. And a Proverbs 31 woman loves her husband all the days of her life. And that means now, even when you don't know who he is, ladies, all the days of your life. If you want to have a vision for your life that motivates, I want you to have a vision that motivates your personal purity. But Pastor Jonathan, he loves me. He says it all the time. He's lying. (laughs) There is this little boy in Sophia's kindergarten class. His name is Crew. You better believe Sophia talks about this Crew. And you better believe her daddy is praying daily for crew. And one day is coming soon when this proud father is going to come face to face with this little boy. And he is going to know what protection means. Because his, her daddy is going to let him know what real love is. But he loves me, Pastor. Man, she can't get her hands off of me because she says, I make her world complete. Y'all, come on now. I understand what it means to be attractive. Y'all got a good-looking youth pastor, okay? Come on, holla at your boy. I understand. I have been in your shoes because I'm still there. I love it that my wife thinks I'm attractive. Y'all, she can't get her hands off me. But guess what? I am in a covenant relationship, and I will never do anything to break that covenant. Let me tell y'all what love is real quick. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, it's very clear. It says that love is patient, but lust won't wait. It says love is kind. Lust will drop you when it gets satisfied. Love does not envy, but lust wants what it cannot have. Love does not boast, but lust puts your secrets for the world to see when they're done. 
Love is not proud, but lust makes you think you're better when you get more people to sleep with you. Love does not dishonor others, but lust dishonors everyone that's involved. Love is not self-seeking, but lust only thinks out of selfish motivation and desires. Love is not easily angered, but people who are consumed with lust are constantly angry because they're never satisfied. Love keeps no record of wrongs, but lust reminds you of all that you've done wrong all the time over and over and over and over again. It's not love. Instead of protecting, lust steals your purity. Instead of trusting, lust cheats. Hear me, if you're dating somebody right now, if they will do it right now when there's no real commitment that has been made, you better believe they'll do it later even if there is a commitment made and maybe with someone else, if not for the grace of God. Tonight I've come to tell you what real love is. Love, instead of being filled with hope, lust makes the future seem hopeless. It makes you feel helpless to change the future. Instead of persevering, lust gives in and gives up over and over again. See, my Bible says that love never fails, but lust fails all the time. See, too many of us are caught up in the lust of here and now that we can't see how our actions and behaviors will affect the near future. We're too caught up in it. So tonight I've come with the word from, from God in his scriptures. It's in 2 Samuel. It's, it's King David. He was at the top of his game. He was a victorious warrior. He had beaten the giant. And he comes to this place in his life where he finds Bathsheba. 2 Samuel 11, it says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. He remained. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around the roof of the palace. He was king. He could do what he wanted. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. Uh-oh. This woman was very beautiful. And David took it a step further. He saw her, and he took it a step further. He investigated. It says, David sent someone to find out about her. And once he found out, it says, this man said, she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Real life, I've come tonight to tell you that it is always someone's daughter, and it is always someone's wife. When you lust, it's always someone's daughter. It's always someone else's wife. Then David said, that's not funny. It really is not funny. Then David sent messengers to get her. He took it one more step. She came to him and slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. And then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David and said, just like we saw in this presentation, I'm pregnant. Scripture is so clear that in the time when kings were to be at war, David remained. David had every ability to fight, but he was home alone and isolated. I'm here to tell you that many times that's exactly what lust will do to you. It will try to isolate you and get you to yourself. And that's where you're being set up. 
David was a good king, a man after God's own heart. He knew what it took to defeat giants, but he was at home when he should have been at war, seeing things he should not have seen, which led him to do things which he should not have done. Tonight, real life, I've come to tell you that healthy boundaries and restrictions are necessary because being in the wrong place at the wrong time can set us up for self-destruction. I don't have 100% access on my phone because I've got one bride that my eyes are fixed on. And I don't need anything else because I have her. She's my love. She's my heart. See, what you have access to see matters. Where you allow yourself to go matters. Who you allow yourself to be alone with matters. Restrictions are not weakness, it's actually strength. Because it proves that you want purity so bad that you're willing to do what it takes to keep pure. I want you guys to experience life and love to the fullest. My bride walked down the wedding aisle wearing a white dress. And guys, that just wasn't a style that she chose. Her bright, radiant white dress was worn to signify she saved herself for her husband. We have had almost 14 years of marriage behind us, 16 years of committed relationship, and no one else has captured my heart. We saved ourselves. We fought for our purity, and we, we will remain faithful to each other, and we want that for you guys as well with all of our hearts because, guys, it is awesome. Y'all, we went to Atlanta this past weekend, and it was so much fun. We're married. We get to do married people stuff. And it is incredible. Lust, let me be real. I'm, I'm just going to, we're, we're in church. God loves us and he cares. Lust has tried to put a stop to that part of our story. Y'all remember me, me talking about this girl named Cindy, right? Y'all remember Cindy. She... It's funny because anytime I talk about Cindy, um, Jubilee tells me, man, you know that girl was a butch. She, she's got a little, she's a little salty towards Cindy, okay. So I want to tell you a little story. One night, it was before Jubilee and I started dating. I want to tell you why the relationship with Cindy ended. See, one night we were we had a great date. I don't even remember what we did. It was cool. We had fun. It was late. I brought her home, parked the car, was getting ready to walk her to her house. Next thing that happens, it's dark. We're alone. Her parents are asleep. My parents are asleep, so they're not calling me. And next thing we know, we're in the car, and it starts steaming up because we start making out, y'all. And we're, we're isolated. We're to ourselves, just the two of us. No boundaries, no restrictions, no accountability. The next thing I know, we're making out. And somehow, I don't even know how it happened, but that girl gets over the middle console into my lap. I'm thinking to myself, my Lord and my God, what is happening? And the next thing I know, we are in a situation that both of us know we're not supposed to be in. Both of us know that this is not what we're supposed to be doing right now. This is beyond what God has called us to. 
So in that moment, we said, you know what, we thank God we had enough Bible in our hearts and we had enough conviction from the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, I don't love you like this. I love you enough to say no. And long story short, we were put in a position where we realized that we were not really in love, we were in lust. And so not too long after that, the relationship was ended. See, here's what happens. Lust will show you the pleasure and temporary satisfaction now so that you will be blind to the permanent consequences that will come later. It will blind you to the here and now because, man, this is awesome. This girl loves me. This is crazy. She is showing me affection, and I've never experienced this before. This feels great, and it blinds you to the permanent consequence that will come later. The roof gave David access to his lust. Your cell phone gives you access to yours if you don't have healthy boundaries and restrictions in place. The roof was not where David was supposed to be. And many in this room are in relationships you know you're not supposed to be in. The roof gave David access to a view that eventually brought death into his life. Here is what happens when lust goes unchecked. When conviction comes too late... The cover-up kicks in. Because what happens in this story is next thing David knows, Bathsheba's calling him, hey, boy, I am pregnant. What are you going to do about this, boy? You know, she is like, we got trouble because I got a husband. She pre- I'm pregnant. Uriah going to kill you. <laughs> that's, that's my translation, obviously. Bathsheba sends word, I'm pregnant. What they had done was now having physical evidence, and David brings her husband back from war. He said he calls his military officials because he's king. He does what he wants, and he calls, and he says, get Uriah and send him home immediately because he's thinking, man, I'm going to get Uriah. My boy is going to get some R&R with his wife, and I'm going to cover all this up. Nobody's going to know. It'll be just between me and her. And When conviction comes too late, that's when we all start covering things up, right? That's when you start kicking in. You're clearing your internet browser because you don't want your mom to see what you've been looking at. That's when the conviction's too late. You start resetting your phone because you know that the stuff that is so filled with viruses, it's so disgusting that they are trying to hack into your personal information. You have to reset your phone because when conviction comes in too late, that's when the cover-up happens. But here's what happened. Uriah comes home, and he has such character. He has such integrity. He has such vision that he thinks to himself, my soldiers, the men that I'm responsible for, are at war, and I am here when I should be there. And so I'm going to lay down beside my doorpost. I'm not going in to see my wife because if my boys can't do what I'm doing, I'm not going to do it either. And it ruins everything for David. He had such character. He proved himself to be a man worthy to have a beautiful wife. And notice this tonight, young person. Lust will cause you to crave the things you have yet to build the character to possess. Lust will cause you to want things that you don't have the character to possess yet. Oh, let me preach real quick. Can I be strong just for a moment? Are you all ready for this? Can you make your heart sensitive just for a second? Because I love you when I say this. 
But God has called me to say, stop messing with what's not yours. I'll say that one more time. God's called me to say, stop messing with what's not yours. If you don't have what it takes to love her, respect her, cherish her, provide for her, honor her, and honor the God whom she serves, she will not walk down the aisle of marriage with you. So stop messing with someone else's wife. In the name of Jesus. Ladies, you think you get off, but you don't. I've come to tell you that if you're wearing less to grab his attention, you are a distraction to his God-given potential. Instead of using your body to attract him, make sure that what is inside of you is valuable enough to attract him. Stop messing with what's not yours, ladies. He could be someone else's husband. He could be the next ruler of the free world. But if you get involved and ruin his life, God forbid that would happen because of you. But what if we had that conviction deep within us? That we treat our sexual identity, we treat our relationships with the opposite sex with such intentionality, with such vision, that we are scared to death to do something wrong because we know there is such potential that they're not ours. I've come to say tonight that you will attract who you are advertising to. Young ladies, you wonder why all you get is scrubs coming around you. All you get are these deadbeats that are, are so full of themselves and so full of lust. You wonder why that's all you attract. It's because what you're attracting. That's how you're advertising. That's what you're going to get. It's, it's basic marketing, ask Juan. Tonight I've come to say that your sexual satisfaction is not worth the expense of another person's life. Y'all got a few more minutes. I know it's late, but God wants you to hear this tonight. This is so valuable. It's so important. Don't check out yet. If you've not given in to the lust that it, all of us are capable of, then I'm praying that this message tonight will be a wake-up call to your defenses and your boundaries so that you will make them stronger than you ever have before as you fight for your purity and for your future. Be where you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to be doing. Stay away from toxic relationships. But be careful if your purity is only intact because no one knows. Because hear this very closely. God will expose what you try to conceal. And he will cover what you repent of. Here's what, how the story ends. He sends Nathan, the prophet. David thinks he's going to get away with this. He's trying to cover this up. And God sends Nathan, the prophet, to expose him. Because nothing goes unnoticed by God. Long story short, Nathan tells this elaborate story to David about this family who is robbed. And, and basically the story goes, because Uriah had such character and knelt by his door instead of going in to be with his wife, David sends orders to send Uriah to the front lines to be killed, to be executed. One of David's mighty men sent to die because of David's own sin and lust. Nathan tells a story, and David gets furious because this story it's just so gut-wrenching, and, and Nathan turns on him and says, guess what? You're the man. 
This story represents what you've done. You have caused Uriah's death. You have robbed his family of a husband. You've taken what is not yours and taken it for yourself. And I've come tonight that if you choose not to expose and repent the areas of inconsistency where you've given in to God, there will come a time where God will expose you for it. If you've given in, that does not mean you should give up, though, praise God. I'll say that one more time. If you've given in, that does not mean you have the right to give up. 2 Samuel 12, verse 13, David said to Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, God has taken away your sin. You're not going to die. But because of this, you're, you're, because you've done this, and shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. I'm going to invite the leaders to come, the band to come quickly. We're going to close. Tonight I've come to say that God may shield you from actual death taking place due to your personal failures. But you have to realize that when you fail to fight for your purity, something will die on the inside of you. Tonight I've come to say if you fail to fight for your purity, Something will die on the inside. Regret, shame. It takes up residence in your heart. You get condemnation. That's when, when you fail and stop fighting for your purity. That's exactly the moment where the enemy of your soul begins to whisper in your ear and remind you of all the inconsistency, all the hypocrisy. He calls you a liar. He calls you trash. He calls you disgusting. He reminds you of your failure over and over again. The mind games of being worthless and dirty happen. What do I do if, if that's where I'm at, Pastor? I've allowed lust in my life, and I'm experiencing the same things you're explaining to me in this sermon. What do I do now? I want to challenge you tonight to do exactly what David did. Everybody stand to your feet quickly, quietly. No distractions, no talking. When every head bowed, every eye closed in this moment. What do I do? I want to be pure, but I failed. Tonight I've come to say we serve a loving God who died for your sin. And David experienced a loving God too because he didn't have to die for his penalty. But someone did, his son. David experienced what it felt like to lose a son. But praise the living God that we don't have to experience that because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and paid the penalty that we deserved. He hung on Calvary's cross. So if you've failed and you've fallen short of God's glory, you've allowed the lust of the flesh to blind you, and you've gotten involved in things you know you shouldn't have, the first step that you have to do tonight is first and foremost you've got to repent. David said, I've sinned against the Lord, and he genuinely repented. So tonight in this moment, I'm going to ask with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass anyone. This is a sensitive subject. I'm not going to call you to the front, but I want you, if you're in this room and you say, Pastor, man, I, I've allowed lust to get the better of me. I've fallen short, and all the things that you're talking about, are bombarding me. The lies of the enemy are, are haunting me every single night. I have a hard time sleeping 
because of the things that I've done, the people that I've hurt, the lives that I've destroyed. I've even been involved in situations where families have been torn apart because of my involvement. Pastor, I need the forgiving grace. I have sinned and I need Jesus to forgive me tonight. I need him to be my Lord and Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I want to pray with you. Raise your hand and hold it high right now. Jesus wants to set you free. Jesus wants to forgive you. Jesus wants to cleanse you. He wants to give you a fresh start. Thank you, God. Anyone else, you can be set free right here and right now. Everyone in this room, I want you to say it loudly, dear Jesus. I need you right now. I failed you. I haven't fought for my purity. I haven't seen my future. I've lost sight of what you've called me to be. And I've made some big mistakes. I need you to forgive me right now. So God, I repent. I turn away from the lust. I turn away from the sexual sin. I make you Lord of my life tonight. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God tonight. Praise God. That's, that's step one. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite people to come in just a moment. And I want to challenge you because of this topic, only guys pray with guys and girls pray with girls. Because this is not a time for us to grab each other and hold on to each other in the presence of God. Oh, I love you so much. Jesus loves you too. Let's get all in our emotions. No. God wants to set us free, not bind us to another. Tonight, the second step is to get up and move on with a forgiven life. Tonight is your moment. You don't have to live in it anymore. So start a fresh, brand new right now. You have been made pure by the blood of Jesus. So you get up and walk. Here's what happened. Nathan the prophet told David, hey, guess what? Your son's going to die. Of course he was sad. He wept. He mourned. For seven days he, he fasted. He wouldn't eat. He wouldn't drink. And what happened in 2 Samuel 12, 20, it says this. It says, then David got off the ground. Some of y'all need to get up off the ground. You got to get up off the ground spiritually. Stop wallowing in your selfish sin and get up and walk away from it. He said he got off the ground, and after he had washed, he put on lotions, changed his clothes. Tonight, Jesus wants to clothe you with righteousness. You have shame in your life, but God wants to give you a new garment. That's a garment of praise, a garment of righteousness, a, gar a garment of purity, not defiled, but made whole by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And it says he went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and at the request of his servants, he ate. He got back to life as normal. So you got to get up. If you failed, you repent, and then you get up and get back to life because God wants you to do big things, and he doesn't want this to stop you from doing big things. So you got to get up, wash yourself up, and get moving again. Amen. Last thing. I want to share with you guys, when that happened with Cindy, she had bobby pins in her hair that had fallen into my car. It was, it was just dumb, man. I was so dumb. I, I hate that I have this part in my story. 
and the bobby pins were were in my car and i was collecting them one by one and it was just all week after week i'd find a new one and it was like a reminder of how i messed up how i was a failure how i was inconsistent in my faith but you better believe the very moment that that jubilee and i started seriously dating we started talking for real and and you better believe we were just in her living room with her family and all of a sudden, I used to wear a backwards hat all the time. And here's how awesome our God is. Because he's going to do something in your life like he did for me. I had a constant reminder that that bobby pin represented the lust I failed to protect myself from. You better believe my, my beautiful bride took one of her bobby pins, not knowing the story. She pulled it out of her hair and stuck it on the bill of my hat that I wore almost every day. And it became a constant reminder that what the enemy meant to destroy me, God can transform and make it to be my good. So I've come tonight. The enemy of your soul has tried to rob you of your purity for way too long. Tonight's the night where we take a stand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it open. God's already set many of us free, but here's the deal. We need to fight together. So if you are in this room tonight, this altar call simple. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. But also, I want to dare you. If you want to say, by the grace of God, I want to live my the rest of my life in purity. I want to stop the temptation. I want to stop the lust. I want to set up healthy boundaries in my life. I want to be more than a conqueror through Christ who gives me the strength. The world around me may be loving lust, but I'm a child of the most high God. I'm a daughter of the king, so he wants more for my life than that. I am a conqueror. If that's you tonight, I want to invite you to take a stand and show your friends that from this moment, you may have a reputation. I don't care. Tonight, your reputation changes because you're going to take a stand in Jesus' name. So I'm going to pray. We're going to worship, and the altar is going to be open. If you want to take a stand, I challenge you. Let's do it. Jesus, right now, we thank you for this powerful moment. God, we thank you that you are setting us free. Even in this prayer, God, you're, you're challenging hearts of young men and women who are going to see and value their future from this moment forward. So God, right now, may your Holy Spirit have your way in this altar. God, we pray that, that hearts would be mended, that lives would be restored. God, that integrity would be transformed. God, character would be built in the name of Jesus. And we will make a stand for purity in our own personal lives with you. God, bless us as we respond right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come, come quickly if that's you, if you want to make a stand.